Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Saturday, January 6th, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PICK, that's P. I see, and you can still put together an NFL lineup during the NFL playoffs. It is Wild Card Weekend. Let's say you forget to put one in for Wild Card Weekend. You can put a lineup in for the divisional round next weekend. No excuses. Your fantasy football playoffs are over. Get to DraftKings.com right now and play for free. And you can still win money for free by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. Today's show is also presented by the Dorchester Group. The Dorchester Group is a full-service real estate agency specializing in the sale of properties in the Boston area. What can they do for you? Well, the Dorchester Group assists individuals who currently own property, helping them come up with the best strategy to manage, improve, or dispose of it. These developers that are out there right now, they do not care about you or your neighborhood. All they care about is money and how they can make more of it when you're gone and your property is theirs. So do yourself a favor and put somebody from the neighborhood in your corner. Call the Dorchester Group today at 617-869-4464. That's 617-869-4464. Or go to their website, thedorchestergroupre.com. That's the Dorchester Group RE. Dot com. Maximize your return today with the Dorchester Group. And even if you're from Southie, you should call the Dorchester Group because I'm from Southie and just trying to get over to the studio today on this Saturday, uh, you know, just a day or two days after this huge snowstorm that we had. What's the word they were using to describe it? The the snow bomb or snow genesis? I don't even I don't fucking know. What, when did we start using that phrase to describe a snowstorm? And in fact, you know, the reason I say people from Southie should call the Dorchester Group is because the biggest issue in Southie right now is just how many people are there. I mean, it's not, we've had big snowstorms before. And in fact, I have tried to tell people the last couple of days that I try to remind them that, you know, four years ago, I think we had an even bigger storm than this. Because it just kept snowing day after day, week after week, and we just couldn't put the snow anywhere. So this isn't the worst that we've had it. It's pretty cold out. Um, You know, the idea that it's going to be 30 degrees the next couple days, I can't tell you the last time that I saw the number 30, 30 degrees, and would be pleased to see that number, right? Usually you see 30 degrees, like, oh, it's going to be freezing. I can't take this anymore. But it's been so cold You know, it's been in the single digits for so long, and you add the snow to that temperature that when you see 30 degrees, you see that number 30, your eyes light up. You can't wait for it. So that's a first. But the snow, a snowstorm, you know, uh, having really nowhere to go, that's not new. That's not new. I don't know why people are acting like like we've never seen snow before. It happens every year, and in fact, we've had worse storms than this. The problem, at least I can speak for Southie, is that every single year there's more and more people. And there's just, you know, there's nowhere to go anyways with the snow. But as bad as it might have been four years ago, which I think was worse than this one we have this year, um, now obviously four years later, there's so many more people in Southie, and it's, it's only continuing to get worse. So that's the issue. There's just too many people to go along with a huge snowstorm that they're creating names for. 
you know, it's a problem. But the, the you know, the developers that continue to build and pile people in on us, they're not having a problem because they're probably doing just fine. They're probably not even in the area. That's why you need to call the Dorchester group. Put somebody from the neighborhood in your corner. You know, you don't need to be from Dorchester to call them. They just happen to be in Dorchester, the Dorchester group. But anyways, let's get to the show. The reason I'm here on a weekend is because, I mean, the beauty of me having my own studio here at Beantown Athletics, as much of a pain in the ass as it was to get over here today with all the snow, the beauty of having this studio to myself and the beauty of really not having to work weekends anymore is that I'm on my own schedule, and in a situation like this, I'm able to come in and vent and rant, and I know people were tweeting me. You know, I wrote a column last night on Friday night, and I put it on my website, dannypicard.com. It's a long column. I wrote about a 1,000 words, little over a 1,000 words. Had to get a lot off my chest regarding the ESPN feature that was released Friday morning at 1 a.m. that was basically a Patriots hit piece. But I, more than anything, I think it was just an exaggeration of the facts by an author in Sec Wickersham that created an opinion based on some opinions that he got from apparently people who were in the room, who obviously go unnamed. You know, all the sources are unnamed. That, uh, you know, because the sources are unnamed, that doesn't knock the credibility of the story. That's not what knocks the credibility of the author. But, you know, the fact that it's ESPN, the fact that it's the Patriots, to go along with the fact that everything's unnamed and there are opinions formed by the author himself, it has a Deflategate feel to it. It does. It, uh, it, this thing reeks of Deflategate. Uh, I walked away from Deflategate and reading the first couple of big news stories about Deflategate on ESPN's website, seeing their reports on their TV station. I walked away from, from the Deflategate stuff with the same reaction that I walk away from this latest ESPN feature about the Patriots. I, I walk away with the same reaction on this one. Is that it's just an exaggeration of the facts. And it was released Friday morning at 1 a.m. So late Thursday night. I mean, they they teased the fucking thing. <laughs> right? They, they, they basically had people out there leaking that this story was going to drop. And it was going to be a bombshell about the New England Patriots. And what was going on behind the scenes. So they wanted to pump this thing up, which should really show you what the purpose of this was, which is one, ratings, you know, clicks on their website to get people to talk about something. You know, the Patriots are in the bye week, right? Something that I'm not so sure the author of this piece, Seth Wickersham, understands. And I, I, I say this not just after reading his story. Not just after writing my column on my website that I just told you to go read that I wrote last night, but while I was writing this column last night, I'm watching Sports Center, the six o'clock Sports Center. Seth Wickersham, the author of this Patriot story, he and I'll get into the, to the details of it and 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 what I think is exaggerated and and what really I'm I, I'm pretty confident in saying it's exaggerated. I'll get into that, but you know, as as we as we take it all in and. You know, we, we break it down piece by piece. You know, I'm writing my stuff last night, and I'm watching the 6 o'clock Sports Center, and Seth Wickersham is on the set, and he did his media rounds. He knew he was going to do this. They scheduled this stuff for him probably last fucking week. 
Uh, he had a busy day. He was calling into radio shows. He was making TV appearances. What else was he doing? He's probably tweeting. I don't know. I don't follow the guy on Twitter. I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, I remember he wrote something on Deflategate with somebody else, right? It was like a joint piece. And it was supposed to be this big, crazy story. And again, there was some things, you know, an exaggeration of the facts. But I'm watching Seth Wickersham on SportsCenter last night. I'll play the clip for you right now. And and I'll, I'll react the same way that I did last night. And I tweeted it out as well. I tweeted this. It's like a 15-second video. I, I recorded it on TV. Here it is. Here's the author of this ESPN Patriots piece that was released late Thursday night, early Friday morning. And he's, he's talking about this story, but more specifically, the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, which really was the biggest part of this whole story. And I'll get to that. But but here's what Seth Wickersham had to say when talking about the Garoppolo stuff, Belichick trading his, his backup quarterbacks, and, and basically questioning why they would still believe in Tom Brady. Here's Seth Wickersham. So many questions. Why does the NFL's most shrewd and smartest long-term strategist trade two quarterbacks in a two-month span when your starter was 40 years old and appearing on the injury report every week? (laughs) I'm going to play that again because you need to hear this again. The fact that these are the thoughts going through this guy's mind should kind of tell you everything you need to know about this story. That matters to me. It matters to me what the mindset of the guy is on the story that he's writing. Like, how does he feel about it? Because he sprinkles in his opinions on this as well. This isn't just a hard news story. If it was just a hard news story and and you were going to put together a headline as to what the biggest piece of news was and the biggest piece of news would be the lead to the story, I'll tell you what it would be. Here's what the headline would be. The headline, if if they wanted to make this simply just a hard news story, here's what the headline would be. Jimmy Garoppolo rejected a four-year deal before being traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo rejected a four-year contract extension before being traded to the 49ers. That's the news here. That's the story. And he buries the lead. They don't even put that in the headline. But really, this thing is all about Jimmy Garoppolo. You can try to say it's about Alex Guerrero all you want. Give me a fucking break. I told you about the Guerrero stuff, what my take on that was. I wrote about it on my column for the Boston Metro. I told you about it on this podcast weeks ago, you know, before Christmas. I told you. I think the Guerrero stuff, to me, again, an exaggeration of the facts. Did Bill Belichick ban Guerrero from the sideline? Yeah. But at the end of the day, how big of a deal is that? What was Guerrero doing on the sideline anyways? They show Brady 25 times a game on the sideline. Do you ever see Guerrero on the iPad with him next to McDaniels or whoever else is sitting next to him? Do you? I don't. He's usually standing off to the side somewhere. So how big of a deal is it that Guerrero wouldn't be on the sideline one? Okay, what are the other facts? They banned Guerrero from the team plane. What? Guerrero can't afford to fly himself to the road trips that this team goes on? Oh, no, by the way. How many more road trips do they have? They have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The next road trip's the Super Bowl. Something tells me if the Patriots get to the Super Bowl in Minnesota, Alex Guerrero's going to find a way to get there. And, and if he can't afford it, then you know times are tough. If he can't afford it, Tom Brady will be able to afford it for him. All right? And uh, so that's not, that's not a big deal either. If it was a big deal, really, if you wanted to make, here's where it would be a big deal. 
if they actually took away Alex Guerrero's office that's inside Gillette Stadium next to the locker room or near the locker room, wherever it is, however close to the locker room as it is. They didn't do that. In fact, the story that you read, what was it, the Boston Globe? Bob Hola on this Alex Guerrero ban? Uh, and I'm putting, I'm using, you can't see me right now, but I'm using my fingers to, you know, the air quotes, ban. If it really was a ban, then they would have taken that office away from Alex Guerrero and they would dis- they would have said to Tom Brady, hey, you know what, if you want to see this guy, you're going to have to walk your ass up to the TB12 center. You're going to have to do it. Sure, they said no other players could see Guerrero in that office next to the locker room, but they never said they couldn't see him at all. Right? They never said they couldn't, they couldn't see him at all. They didn't take his office away inside Gillette Stadium. Why didn't they do that? Because it's not a real ban. It's not a real ban. My theory is that other players wanted their own guys on the sideline, on the team playing, and Belichick said, look, we can't, we can't do this. They had a meeting with Tom Brady. Maybe Brady was, was a little upset. at first. Who knows? Maybe Guerrero was upset. You know, now, the, now Guerrero's blogging, I guess. He released something. I'm not... Look, I don't have enough time in my fucking day to read anything that Alex Guerrero writes. And mainly, I, I just really don't care what he has to say about anything. Because when, when, when it comes to the Guerrero stuff, I think that stuff gets blown out of proportion. People see, oh, there's something must have happened. Did you ever think that maybe something happened with somebody else that would lead Belichick to go to Brady and say, you know what? Sure, I don't really like the fact that Guerrero is around like this. But now it's becoming a circus because other guys, you know, it's becoming a circus. So can we, we just need to, we need to tone it down a little bit. And here's how we're going to do it. It's not the end of the world if we take him off the sideline. And it's certainly not the end of the world if he's not on our team plane. He can find a way to get to where we want to go and you can still see him. Other players can still see him. We're just not going to let them see him in, you know, in Gillette Stadium. But I say in Gillette Stadium, the TB12 center, you could literally throw a baseball from the, from the football field up to the TB12 center. So, come on now. It's not, it, it, to me, the ban, the word ban was an exaggeration of the facts. That's all they're doing with the New England Patriots right now. That's all they're doing. So, the Alex Guerrero stuff, all right, it's part of the CSPN piece, but is it really anything that new? Is it? Is it anything that new? It's all about Garoppolo. Without Garoppolo, there's no story. Without Garoppolo and the Garoppolo trade, even without, let's say Garoppolo sucked. When he went to San Fran and he got thrown in. Maybe it's, it's still not even a story. The fact that Garoppolo was traded, though, is really the biggest thing. And um, without that, there's no... Seth Wickersham doesn't have a story. Seth Wickersham isn't doing radio hits. Seth Wickersham isn't on the 6 o'clock Sports Center talking about anything. Because who knows what else he does other than this. But again, Seth Wickersham. It's all about Garoppolo and his mindset on this story. In which he does give sprinkle as an opinion. His mindset on the Garoppolo trade and the Patriots sticking with Tom Brady is mind-boggling to me. Here is Seth Wickersham again last night on SportsCenter. You know, when you think about it for a second, it it just makes so, it raises so many questions. All right, I'm going to stop there. Yeah, I've thought about it many times. And it, it didn't really, it doesn't really raise many questions to me because I've tried to explain why the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo. If you don't understand it by now, you might be upset. Look, if you want to be upset that they didn't get a first-round pick for him, that's one thing. But if you can't understand why they traded Jimmy Garoppolo, I can't help you. 
And apparently neither can Seth Wickersham because he doesn't understand either. You know, when you think about it for a second, it, it just makes so, it raises so many questions. Why does the NFL's most shrewd and smartest long-term strategist trade two quarterbacks in a two-month span when your starter was 40 years old and appearing on the injury? <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. Maybe because that 40-year-old quarterback is one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, still in the NFL. And the Patriots, at the time of the trade, are one of the best teams in the NFL. And here they, what, did they play it wrong? Oh, they played it wrong? Patriots are the, Seth Wickersham, I'm convinced, has no idea that the Patriots have a bye in the first round. Say what is Seth Wickersham looking at the schedule for the playoffs going up? Buffalo, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Kansas City. Where are the Patriots? Up, see? They, see what I mean? They stuck with a 40-year-old quarterback who was always on the injury report. I get news to Seth Wickersham. Go back to injury reports of Patriots past, right? Go back to 2003. The guy's always, the guy's been on the injury report. And we've always talked about it. And it's always been an exaggeration of the facts. All right? Seth Wickersham. Here's why the Patriots stuck with Tom Brady at 40 years old that's on the injury report. Because, one, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Two, he is now going to be named NFL MVP for the third time in his career. Three, the Patriots aren't playing this weekend, dickhead, because they have a first-round bye. And they're the number one seed in the AFC with a 13-3 and record. And the road to Minnesota, Super Bowl 52, goes through Gillette Stadium. That's why. That is why the Patriots are where they are right now, all right? And the reason they traded Jimmy Garoppolo is because he was going to be a free agent this offseason. What's so difficult to understand about that? People say, well, why didn't they sign him? Well, again, that brings us back to what the top story should be in this ESPN piece. One thing that I learned in this, the one thing that I learned is that Jimmy Garoppolo rejected a four-year contract. We actually have details of this. He rejected a four-year contract. I, I, have, I had never heard of this before. Now, we assumed that Garoppolo wouldn't re-sign for reasons that are, again, fairly obvious. Right? These, why wouldn't Jimmy Garoppolo re-sign with the Patriots? I don't know, because the guy in front of him is... Still the best. One. Two, he wants to be a starting quarterback. Three, he's going to be a free agent. And you see how many people just love the guy around the league. He would have got a huge contract. He's going to get a huge contract. Um, the, the 49ers might have to franchise him to keep him around because Garoppolo might say, look, I, I'm going to test the free agent market and I'm going to, uh, you know, I am going to get the best deal that's out there for me. And he could create a bidding war. Well, the 49ers could put their foot down on that by saying, well, we're going to franchise you. Now, the 49ers would be right to franchise Garoppolo because he's their starting quarterback. The only way the Patriots could have kept Garoppolo is if they hit him with the franchise tag. Do you know how much the franchise tag for a quarterback is going to be next year? At least $25 million. At least. And if Garoppolo, according to this ESPN story, if you believe it's true, Garoppolo rejected repeated offers that were four years in the 17 to 18 million dollar range here's the quote 
The Patriots repeatedly offered Garoppolo four-year contract extensions in the $17 to $18 million range annually that would go higher if and when he succeeded Brady, Tom Brady. So, there you go. That's the news. To me, the news is that, one, they made him. Those are not, I hadn't heard these numbers. Tell me if you've heard them and where you send me the link. I hadn't heard these numbers or seen a four-year extension that was offered to Garoppolo. I think we assume common sense was they were trying to re-sign him at a fair deal to keep him around for a couple of years so that they wouldn't lose him, right? I think it's also common sense that the reason they didn't sign him is because Garoppolo didn't want to sign. He wanted to test the free agent market because he wants to be a starting quarterback as soon as next season, week one. That's common sense. But the fact that we're seeing numbers and the fact that we actually have now confirmed that Garoppolo's the one that rejected Patriots extension offers and it wasn't the other way around, like the Patriots didn't just not offer him anything, right? This is the news. This is the news to me. The headline of the story. Here's what the headline actually reads. The headline of the story reads, For Kraft, Brady, and Belichick, is this the beginning of the end? That's the actual headline. What it should say, what the headline should say is, Jimmy Garoppolo rejected a four-year deal before being traded to San Francisco. Because that's the news. It's all about Garoppolo. And for someone like, for the guy who wrote it, Seth Wickersham, to, to, to think the way I just gave, I just gave you the audio of the way he thinks. It's like, wait, you don't, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're questioning. I, I understand how you feel about Belichick. You, you, you know how good of a long-term strategist he is. I, I get that. We all know how good of a long-term strategist he is. But you can be a long-term strategist and still acknowledge the short-term. You, right? Can you not? Like, people have lost sight of the fact, and this is driving me crazy. People have lost sight of the fact that in the short-term, the Patriots have a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. They're the favorite. Are they not? Oh, what? Oh, you're going to tell me Minnesota Vikings? Oh, okay. Okay. They got to get there. Minnesota's got to get there first. All right? And then they'll have a home game? Great. More bulletin ball material for the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots going to be an underdog in the Super Bowl? Okay. <laughs> okay, great. On top of this story, there you go. You're going to pick the Vikings to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl just because they're in their own building? You know what Super Bowls are? Super Bowls are a money, they're a money grab, and you got to have money to grab a ticket. That's what I mean by that. So I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you're a Vikings fan or not. What, Vikings season ticket holders? Now, I could be wrong on this, but I don't, I don't think I am. The Super Bowl is not a game where if you're a Vikings season ticket holder, you get priority. Super Bowl is the fucking Super Bowl, right? Uh, you know, I have friends who are in pools, and if the Patriots get in, they get Super Bowl tickets. Like, Super Bowl tickets are already, they're already purchased. They're already bought, right? This is, so don't, don't, don't give me this idea that, oh, if Minnesota's in the Super Bowl, they're going to have that home field. They'll have home field advantage because they'll be able to sleep in their own bed at night. That they, they'll, they'll be able to stay home. I don't even know if that would be a good thing for the Super Bowl, to be quite honest with you. But anyways, we're getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. My point is this. Patriots got a chance to get there, and when they get there, they have a very good chance to win. And that is the short-term mindset. The fact that people would be questioning that Belichick would, ha- you know, be focused on a short-term mindset as well as a long-term mindset is mind— they, Like, they, they, you think that Belichick doesn't care about Super Bowls right now anymore? Like, that's, he only cares about what's going to happen when Brady's gone. Well, Brady's still here. And 
Seth Wickersham is talking as if the Patriots went 6-10 and and didn't make the playoffs and have a 40-year-old quarterback who threw more interceptions than touchdowns this season. That's not reality. Like, Seth Wickersham, his mindset, he's not living in the real world. And, he, and because of that, he's exaggerating all of the facts about everything that's going on in Foxborough. He is. You know, I've, I've heard people say the last couple of days, well, the, you know, the Patriots fans who, who don't want to believe this story, they don't want to believe this story because they don't want to believe this story. And my reaction to that is, no, 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 no. The people that want to see this stuff and believe all the exaggerated facts, you know, the things that are being exaggerated, the people that want to believe this stuff and believe that there's so much turmoil that this is going to be the final season, right? That there's a palpable sense in the building that this might be the last year together for this group. The people that want to believe that stuff based on the things that were said in the story, to me, you want to believe this stuff Because you want to believe this is the end. You want this thing to end. You want Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to hate each other. You want there to be tension. You want Bill Belichick to storm into Robert Kraft's office and say, Hey, you know what? Bill Parcells was right. If you want me to cook the dinner, you gotta let me shop for the groceries. And you're not letting me do that anymore, and I'm out. And while we're at it, I'm going the Giants. People want that to be a story. In New York City, WFAN, you know, that new afternoon show filling in for Mike Francesa, which is going to probably be off the air in two fucking weeks because they all suck. You know, they're trying to start a hashtag, bring Bill Belichick back to New York, bring him to the Giants. You know what that led to? That led to a story in which somebody actually wrote that Belichick, if he does leave the Patriots, could go to the Giants because that's the place that he would want to go. You know what the biggest part of that is? Belichick would want to have to leave New England first for that to even become anything, any type of story. So you can take your little hashtags, you can take your little radio shows in New York City, they're going to be canceled in two weeks, and you can shove it up your ass because I don't think Bill Belichick's going anywhere because I don't think the turmoil and the tension and the palpable sense in the building is... As dramatic as Seth Wickersham is making it seem. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And I think that the people who want to believe all of it, they, they, they want to believe all of it. They want this to be an issue down inside Gillette Stadium. You know, other people will say, well, will there's smoke there? We've heard this. You know, again, this is stuff that, you know, people here in New England and Boston radio shows, columnists, people on Twitter, they were floating these theories out, you know, but, but here's the reason why people are floating these theories out. Because a lot of the stuff that Seth Wickersham said in this story, they, they actually, I believe they actually happened. Like, I believe Seth Wickersham pointed out some stuff from his sources that actually happened. Did, did Bill Belichick have a meeting with Tom Brady? Of, of course he did. What do you mean? You think they never have meetings? Did, was Tom Brady maybe a little upset with the Guerrero stuff at first? Of course he was. Is Belichick upset? Of course he was. I don't know. This wasn't the first time, though. And it probably won't be the last. What? Did Belichick and Kraft have meetings about Garoppolo? Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? This is a unique situation. You mean to tell me they're not having meetings about Garoppolo? And people... Here's the other part of it. 
By the way, you could stop talking like this is breaking news. Like, okay, I get it. You cover the NFL. You're an NFL insider. But stop giving me this comment as if you're the only one that's hearing this information. Like, this is common sense. Here's what they say. Bill Belichick, listen, Bill Belichick did not want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. He did not. I know that. He did not want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. No shit. No shit he didn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. I got news for you. Neither did Robert Kraft. If, because they offered him a four-year extension worth close to $20 million a year. So neither did Kraft. But the idea that Garoppolo rejected the extension and then Belichick and Kraft have a meeting leading up to the trade deadline, Belichick leaves the meeting furious. You know? By the way, the person talking to Seth Wickersham was not in that meeting. Somebody outside, oh, people were wondering. People were asking around Gillette Stadium, going, why, why is Bill furious? What, you think they were all talking behind Brady's back? Going, oh, hey, guys, Bill's furious because he didn't want to trade Jimmy G. It makes me question who the staffers are that this guy's even talking to. See, so I mean, can a, can a Patriot staffer be an equipment guy? Can it be somebody that cleans towels? And I'm not knocking their job, I'm just asking. I had a friend who tweeted yesterday, and I quoted it. Can a Patriot staffer be one of the musket guys behind the end zone who shoots it off after a touchdown? Yeah, he probably can. He probably can be a Patriot staffer. But in reality, like, you think people are running around Gillette Stadium going, hey, Bill wants to trade. You know, he wants to get rid of Brady, right? He doesn't want to trade Garoppolo. That's why he's pissed. What, you think all these people are talking behind Brady's back like that? Give me a fucking break. Of course Belichick met with Kraft. Of course Belichick was furious. You know why they're probably furious? Has anyone thought of this? It's Seth Wickersham. Think of this. With, with the mindset that he has based on the audio that I just played you, I will guarantee fucking tee you he didn't think of this. That Bill Belichick left the meeting with Robert Kraft furious because they couldn't get Jimmy Garoppolo to sign an extension? He's furious because he can't keep him. Because Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to stay. Unless they get rid of Tom Brady. And Bill Belichick, if there's one thing that I know about him, is that he's not an idiot. Is that he's not an idiot. And that he still does have the short term in mind. And in the short term, Tom Brady's your guy. I don't care how you want to slice this thing up. Tom Brady is still your guy. And if you think he shouldn't still be their guy, then I think you're just a fucking idiot. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to lead them to the Super Bowl, maybe another championship. And if he doesn't do it this year, he's going to do it next year in Atlanta. All right? I mean, the fact that I even need to explain any of that to you is mind-boggling to me. Jimmy Garoppolo, and I said this on the last podcast, he has brainwashed everybody, and he the story has made Tom Brady average. It's turned him into a villain. It makes him look like a bad guy. Makes him look like a bad guy. And Seth Wickersham's story doesn't help matters. Makes him look even worse. But I think he takes he takes moments inside the organization that have happened in the last couple months. Meetings. Disagreements. Of course. Of course there's meetings. Of course there's different disagreements. Of course there's people upset. They're in a unique situation. They're trying to figure out how to make it work. And they all want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in the process, but at the same time, they know what they have with Brady. So what do you do? 
How do you handle this? You handle it with meetings. You handle it with discussions. And in the world I live in, which I'd like to think is the real world, when you have a multi-billion dollar NFL franchise like the New England Patriots that wins championship after championship after championship, I'd like to think that there are going to be some major disagreements at some point in time behind the scenes, especially with a situation as big, as important, and as unique as this. But to take those disagreements, to take those meetings, and to turn it into this big clusterfuck that Belichick hates Brady, Brady hates Belichick, this is going to be the end, that's it, this is the last year for this, is insane to me. People say, Danny, where there's smoke, there's fire, and I will tell you, nope, if you keep rubbing the twigs together, at some point you're going to get a spark. That's the way I look at it. At some point, you're going to see a spark. And they keep rubbing it together. And, and they've seen a couple sparks in the process. But it's an exaggeration of the facts. And the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff is the biggest pot. It's the biggest pot. He rejected repeated offers that were four-year extensions worth $17 to $18 million annually. We call that... What, the Osweiler deal, the $70 million deal, whatever. It was, they, they were offers. He rejected it. Patriots weren't going to pay him $25 million for a franchise tag because I got news for you. Let's say they gave him $25 million to be the backup quarterback of the Patriots next year. If Garoppolo is in these extensions with his agent, Don Yee, who, by the way, is the same agent as Tom Brady, people sometimes seem to forget that, if, <laughs> if they continue to reject, and let's say... They're vehemently rejecting it. They're like, eh, you know what? We're not even, look, we're not staying. It's either, uh, it's either Brady or Jimmy. And they're sitting there going, we're not getting rid of, we're not getting rid of Brady. We're going to, we have a chance to win the Super Bowl the next two years. And we still enjoy winning Super Bowls right now. So if Garoppolo keeps rejecting these, let's say you gave him 25 mil. Let's say you went to him next October and you said, hey, can we sign it to the extension? And let's say Brady is having another MVP season, which is not out of the realm of possibility next year. Garoppolo's going to reject it again. And so at that point, you're wasting money. You're throwing money away. At that point, you, ju- you just threw away $25 million. So it would be dumb. It would be a dumb business decision to give Jimmy Garoppolo that kind of money to be a backup quarterback, I don't care how good you think he's going to be in this league, okay? I don't care how good you think he's going to be in this league. So, um, it would have been a bad business decision. So, the only way to keep Garoppolo is really to get rid of Brady. Right? (laughs) That's really the only way. And, um, you know, it's the biggest thing of the story. But, to me, it's just all, it, it, it makes it all come together. The confirmation of numbers and the fact that Garoppolo rejected those numbers and rejected that extension, it, it, it explains perfectly why they traded Jimmy G. If you can't understand that trade by now, you never will. And you, you should probably never listen to this show because I, there's nothing that I will ever say that will ever make sense to you. Because I'd like to think that I'm speaking in common sense. And I, I don't think you can use the phrase common sense with regards to Seth Wickersham's mindset when he wrote this piece. A couple other stupid other, you know, stupid things in here that were you like Brady being upset 
that Belichick still hasn't named him, what, what was it, Patriot of the Week? I've heard of pla- Practice Player of the Week. What? Am I getting this right? Patriot Player? I, on it, uh, really? You know what that is? That somebody, Brady said something, and somebody took that either to hot or too serious, told someone else, and, and it's like, you know, it's just a rumor that, like, oh, now oh, Brady's upset with Belichick. What are you talking about? I don't care if you hate Brady. I don't care if you're a Giants fan and you hate Brady. Right? But you mean to tell me that Brady's walking around pounding his chest going, I can't believe that, you know, I'm better than that. I'm better than this guy. I'm better than that guy. He got player of the week. I didn't. Or the month, whatever it is. Come on. Come on. The fact that you would even mention this and use that as an example to defend all of your claims, whatever they are, that the end is near, that there's a palpable sense that this is the last year, is a joke. It's a complete joke. And I'm not saying people didn't tell him this stuff. I'm saying that the people that told him this stuff are probably exaggerating the facts anyways, and Wickersham is taking somebody else's opinion on things, and he's also creating his own. He is. And I just can't take Seth Wickersham's mindset serious. I can't do it. I just can't. Again, these, these things that he's mentioned, they probably happened. People have probably been upset. Disagreements have been had. I'm not, I am not going to say this stuff didn't happen. But, but how do you want to portray that is the question. How do you want to take that all in? And when you take it in, how do you want to let everybody else hear about it? You could exaggerate the facts, pump it up the night before you release it, drop it on Friday morning at 1 a.m., on a, on a weekend in which the Patriots don't play because they have a bye in the first round of the playoffs, and, you know, you can try your best. Well, hey, the Patriots responded real quick. They sent out a, a joint statement on behalf of Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady, and the last sentence says, as our actions have shown, we stand united, and if you're the rest of the National Football League and you're still playing right now, then you should be shitting your pants. You should. Because I'm... Um, what people are overlooking and what people have lost sight of completely is that the short term is something the Patriots still have in mind. The short term might be two years, might be three years, but it's a term and it's important to them. What people have lost sight of is that it is still important to them. For, for whatever reason, people are just disregarding the fact that this team still has a chance to do something special the next couple of years. Again, this is dramatized like like no other story we've ever heard. These are things that actually probably do happen, but I, I don't think it leads to the catastrophe that this story is making it out to be. I, I don't. Now, you know, hey, if I'm wrong, then, uh, you know, I'll I'll die on that hill. Sure, I'll die on that hill. But <laughs> something's that, like like if Belichick wanted to stick it to the Patriots, and if Kraft told them you can't, you know, you, you, if Kraft told them you can't do anything with Brady, you got you got to trade Garoppolo. That was the mandate. And Belichick was so pissed, so furious that he's leaving after the season. Why wouldn't Belichick just say, no, I'm not trading Garoppolo. I'm leaving after the season, and you're going to have to deal with it. What, Kraft would fire Belichick midseason? Do you know how bad that would make Kraft look? Because this stuff, then they would get out. You know how bad it would make Brady look? They weren't going to fire Belichick midseason. If Belichick really wanted to 
to, to leave it in their hands and have somebody else deal with the situation that is Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo. He should have just kept Garoppolo. Instead, you know what he did? He got a second-round pick. You might disagree that it should have been a—you might say it should have been a first-round pick, but bottom line is this. A second-round pick, which is going to be still a decent pick from San Fran, what if— Bill Belichick, who obviously takes a lot of pride in his draft picks, who obviously can draft a quarterback because he drafted the greatest of all time in the sixth round, and he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and turned him into a quarterback everybody loves, he's not going to take pride in trying to draft another quarterback next year, this coming draft, and make everybody fall in love with him as well? Come on, of course he is. He didn't have to get a second-round pick. He didn't have to get anything for him. He could have left after the season and let somebody else deal with this. (laughs) And, and he didn't do that, which t- kind of tells me he's not leaving. Kind of tells me he's not leaving. They could have done a lot of things. They could have lo- Belichick could have done a lot of careless stuff with that Garoppolo trade. I don't think the Garoppolo trade was as careless as some people are making it out to be. But, uh, so I don't, I, don't think this, I don't think this is the end this season. I, of course the end is near. Brady's 40 years old. Of course it's near. As I told you in my column, as I close it out with, I'm getting a palpable sense that a lot of people outside of the Patriots organization would like this thing to end right now. And because they want this thing to end right now, their mindset on some of the things that are going on behind the scenes lead them to exaggerate the facts. And I think this story on ESPN by Seth Wickersham is a perfect example of that. So... I don't want to be here anymore. It's a weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, I'll be back on Monday. Get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeartRadio, the Podcast One Network, literally anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Uh, I will react to the wild card round on Monday. I will preview the divisional round on Thursday. We'll see who the Patriots are going to play in the divisional round And uh, I will make more picks next Thursday as well. So, again, enjoy the rest of the weekend. I am out. Talk to you on Monday. (laughs) 